0: For June 14th, 2010, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 102. You want to know how I got this mustache? thinking a podcast where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve from the left coast the leading edge of america i am your host matthew rather and all the room tone uh that you hear around me is because i'm recording on my macbook's internal microphone because i have thrown my stupid uh Headset mic across the room, it was it, believe it or not, my headset mic was the problem that prevented us from doing the live stream tonight uh, i 'm here with the panel of overthinkers and uh, sorry to everyone who was in the chat room. You guys are so loyal, and we disappoint you again and again it 's like an abusive relationship with uh, with you and us but uh, but we only hit you because you 're bad. And uh, we're here. <laughs> oh dear. Oh. Uh, we're here with the panel to overthink the A team eighties franchises, the Karate Kid, and uh, and the question of the week: What aren't you getting on? No. <laughs> <laughs> and it must uh. be it must be um, uh, it must be answered. Uh, I ain't getting on no blank. So uh, let's start. Uh, you can drink if you're playing the drinking game because first in the alphabet is Peter Fenzel.
1: Woohoo! Wait, 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 wait. I thought first you drink when someone else besides Fenzel is well, first in the alphabet. See, here's,
0: here's the thing, and I'm, 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 rocking a lovely, uh, I'm rocking a lovely glass at Cote de Rhone right now. So, um, my, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? My, uh, my rule is that you drink when Fenzel is first and you drink when Fenzel is not first.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, OK. All right, all right, cool. All right, so <clears throat> I ain't getting on no episode of Scientific American Frontiers with Alan Alda. Is that, is that good enough? Because I don't yes. make any contributions to society that are relevant in terms of <laughs> science. That is a great show. He'll talk about Alzheimer's for like an hour, and it's really interesting. And he'll go to laboratories, and he'll talk about the animal experiments, which of course you find find objectionable. But he tends to be pretty uh, sympathetic to people's concerns. And Alan Alda is really a surprisingly effective host of a science show. So uh, I, I could also say I ain't getting on no dirty jobs because my job is not dirty because uh, I was watching that this week as well. No, but so these
0: you're, are... using, you're using getting on in a, different, in a different way rather than like bodily stepping onto or, you know, through your own volition, uh, uh, moving yourself into the, the vicinity of or into the the interior of. You're saying not being selected to. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, because I like to sort of not answer questions in the intention that they were asked. I like to sort of mix that up a little bit. No, no, so, no. I uh, mean,
0: this, I, I, think your answer, I think your answer is kind of perfectly at the level of the question.
2: Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, because whenever there's an email conversation among the overthinkers where somebody asks for an example of something, usually Blinky looking to put some sort of montage together, I always try to find the sort of way outside of the question. So if the question is like, pick a movie where somebody picks romance over a job, I'll say like, Goodwill Hunting. You know, and it's like, like which he does <laughs> eventually, like in the last like ten seconds of the movie, maybe, if you've seen it. If you haven't Pete, seen it, Yep. Your dedication
3: to unhelpfulness is an inspiration to us all.
0: <laughs> God bless America, gentlemen. God bless America. Uh from from the Brooklyns in the New Yorks, it's Mark Lee.
1: I ain't getting on no platform that is high up and open air with or without a railing. In other words, I have a fear of heights and I'm not joking about this at all. Uh, Much Hmm. like Mr. T is afraid of uh, getting on no plane. uh, I'm afraid of uh, things in which you could fall off of, or actually probably couldn't fall off of, but it seems like you could because I once fell off one of those a lot, but I'm still here, still podcasting, still surviving. Uh, That's my very literal and not funny answer for the week. (laughs) <laughs> well, well, don't don't leave us hanging off of a metaphorical ledge. You know what? What did you fall off of? Oh, I fell off a dam. A dam, uh, a small dam to be to be. Frank. I didn't like, like fall a straight. You, <laughs> more, like, <laughs> fall down it. you fell off a dam what? <laughs> a damn dam.
2: Hey hey, we're gonna we're gonna start getting chili peppers in our email box.
1: It's <laughs> <This laughs> the truth. I rolled down a dam for about uh, ten feet and then dropped. Uh, Another, like, uh, five feet onto the ground.
0: Wait, how, how old were you again when you, when you did this? Uh, 19. Okay. <laughs> so you were traumatized as a young adult? Yeah. Got it. That's it. <laughs> wow. Well, we, it's, it's important. We
1: talk about our fears. Mr. T is a strong man, but he's afraid of getting on planes. Uh-huh. I am a, not as strong as Mr. T. Sorry, not Mr. Or B.A. Baracus, for that matter. Uh, but uh, I'm afraid of getting on dams and, and, and high up places with with or without railings. You,
0: you, the real, wear your, the real, you wear your hair like that because your people are from Korea. <laughs> <laughs>
4: the, the real question is, after you fell off the dam, did you jump back up and recoup?
1: Uh, <laughs> In a manner of speaking, yes. That, that was some inside <laughs> baseball there. <laughs>
0: uh, Josh McNeil is next. What ain't you getting on now? I ain't getting back on no horse
3: because <laughs> I fell off the horse and it hurt, and I frankly don't need to learn to ride a horse that badly.
1: Are you referring to Red Dead Redemption?
0: No,
3: just, just sort of general life philosophy. <laughs> uh, if once burned, I will not try again. Um, I, I've... Uh, yeah, no, I quit. Screw this.
0: Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Stokes. I ain't
3: getting on no uh, live
4: stream broadcast of any kind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, guys, you,
4: you think it was the headset that broke it? In fact, it was the fact that you had not injected me in the back of the neck with some kind of uh, morphine. Animal.
0: That you know about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I last, Matthew Rather, your, your humble and uh, dedicated host, I ain't getting on no roller coaster, because I am a big wuss, and I'm afraid of roller coasters.
3: That's curfew. true. We took you to Disney World
0: 10 years ago, and you wouldn't do anything. <laughs> I Well, no, I, I went on all the roller coasters in Disney World, but when you guys went to Universal Studios uh, to go on the real roller coasters, the linear accelerators and whatnot, I... um. Yeah, no, that was the day that my my, uh, girlfriend and I took an extra day and walked around Epcot, which is literally the most boring place in the universe.
2: <laughs> one of one of my favorite times in amusement park was when all of you, all of y'all, went off on the uh, the nitro and whatnot at Six Flags Great Adventure. I think it was like our our senior year yeah. or junior year of college. Not me, and uh, not you. Yeah, yeah, not you. Rather, you weren't invited because you were not in school anymore. And I was. I didn't like. I don't like super scary roller coasters. Like I'll go on them every once in a while, but not the really big ones. And so me and Krinsky and. Uh, Rachel and Zeglis went to the dolphin show uh, at, at Six Flags, and we kept saying that it was the extreme <laughs>
0: dolphin show. Extreme,
2: mm. and that was very. Exciting. I did. I I, that you time.
0: know, I went on. Uh, I, I, with you guys with uh, with Balinky and McNeil. I went on the Aerosmith rock and roller coaster uh, <laughs> at, <laughs> at uh, the MGM Studios theme park at Disney World, and I did go. You, on you the, did live uh, it up while we were going down. that that was fun we actually did uh we would do rock and roller coaster tower of terror rock and roller coaster tower of terror uh and that that was good and then i was i was belittled by by a girl i was dating some years ago into going on the uh the big roller coaster at disney's california adventure theme park at disneyland and um I, uh, I don't think I lost my lunch, but I think I was very close to losing my lunch, and I ended up, like, uh, sitting on a bench in the middle of, uh, in the middle of Disneyland in protest uh, and not doing anything fun for the rest of the day, because I am mature. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I love it when a podcast comes together. Who has seen the A-Team? Oh, wait, no. Ooh, me? Me, 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 me. I wanted to do a few minutes on beards. <laughs> yes. Apropos you of
1: nothing, a, right?
0: <laughs> it's on, it's, you Apropos wanted, of yeah. nothing. Jeez. I have. Uh, I didn't. I for the last few weeks of the school year, I didn't. Uh, I didn't shave because that's how hard I was working. I didn't have you know two minutes in the morning to shave because I am extreme A trade school student, and uh, <laughs> and so uh, so I, I when I shaved it off, I left a little goatee. So for the first time in my life, I am rocking some sort of. Uh, some sort of facial hair. Some sort of uh, Kempt facial hair. Now, Stokes also uh, rocks the facial hair. I do. I Mc- do. McNeil has rocked the facial hair uh, at certain points in his life, and so has uh, so has Pete Fenzel. So we are barbarians. Don't have,
2: remind I have, me. Don't have, remind me. That was a dark time in my life when I had that beard. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: beard was awful. Hey. <laughs> hey. So wait, was wait, wait. wait. As for me, I am pretty much genetically incapable of rocking facial hair, so... Yeah, that's that's where I stand on it. In case
2: you all are metabolizing milk, but that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about facial. (laughs) (laughs) No offense.
1: (laughs) Why do you have to remind me of my shortcomings? There are so many of them. It's because of
2: our, our need to establish dominance in the podcast and our battle for supremacy which is really what all this is about are our, our, all of us fighting all against all it's our uh,
0: <laughs> you're right thank, thank you for reminding me Pete. In the great yeah, man of course, versus man it's... in the great man versus man uh man on, in, in what we'll call uh some man on man action here yeah fair enough fair enough fair enough so yeah um... that that beard made me look
2: like a tribble that was no good <laughs> <laughs> I did not like that scared.
0: <laughs> uh so what what is it what you know deep deep in the the genetic memory of mankind what makes dudes grow beards these days i mean i you know i kind of i kind of did it to see what the fuss is about and and uh really like um uh my face is itchy and it's sloppy to eat with and and i don't i really don't see what else uh there is to it well if you think well, about I remember it, when it, i was oh sorry go ahead Well, the shaving is what's weird.
3: I mean, naturally we grow beards. Well, four of five of us grow beards naturally. (laughs) So, Mm, delicious milk. I mean, the 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 idea of hey, I'm going to take the sharpest blade I can find and scrape it across my face every morning is is a is a really strange societal conceit.
2: I did that when I had a beard. It was just how I felt alive when I woke up.
4: I kind of think of, uh, of beards as a sort of sartorial jazz. It's a it's a fashion mistake that you then pretend you meant to do and run with, right? Like most beards, I think start the way rather that yours started is you forget to shave for a couple of weeks. You're too lazy to shave for a couple of weeks, and when people start giving you grief about it, you're like, no, no, I wasn't lazy. I was going to trade school. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> Stokes. You've had a beard since like the mid '90s. Some of us, we forget to shave once and we just
3: never do it. <laughs> in Fair fact, enough. the only time I haven't seen you in a beard was when you were dressed as David Bowie for the like, costume party.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think that, like, I, I literally grew in my beard, like, as I became capable of growing it. And then I've shaved it twice, both times for Halloween costumes. The same time I did this, I was dressing up uh, as James Bond and my my girlfriend who later became my wife did not recognize me without the beard. So I like wow. went to embrace her and she almost slapped my face. <laughs>
2: can can she get an annulment if you shave? Like I mean <laughs> false
3: pretenses. This
0: is not yeah, what I yeah. signed up for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean, I got my beard because I had to get a a skeevy mustache for a play that I was in that I was performing. And we performed this play both in New Haven and New York City uh, over the summer. Some of you guys came to see it. That was that summer that I was really poor and lived in Brooklyn uh, and, and we, uh, we, I think I had a party where we all drank forties cause it was the only thing that I could afford. And I had to borrow the money from Carlos in order to buy those. Um, but yeah, no, acting is great, isn't it? Uh, but, uh, rather you should know about this. Yeah, no, you, it's this. a
0: great lifestyle. I, I highly <laughs> encourage it. If you want to learn acting from me, I'm teaching at UCLA. So sign up for, uh, <laughs> sign up for theater 20 at the university <laughs> of California, Los Angeles. Fair enough. So, so I, I grow a thick
2: bushy beard but, I mean, it's kind of brillo-ish because that's sort of the texture of my hair, too. But I grow a very pale, blondish kind of mustache. So in order to get a mustache that would read on stage, I had to grow a mustache for a long time. Um, and growing a mustache is makes people makes me really uncomfortable. Like, it's not something that, like, just a stache. Stokes, you had just a stache for a little while, right? Or no, you did the, the goatee for a long time. But, like, it was, the chin wasn't always as pronounced as it is now, right? The chin part of your beard? or
4: yeah. I don't know. In the, I don't know if I've ever actually done the mustache. Yeah, he really did a mustache for
2: a while. That's true. That's true. But he was also outside of the country for a long time, which <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So nobody could track him. But yeah, so I grew in the full beard and then shaved off the beard to keep the mustache. And then, when I had the mustache, which still was pretty lame, I grew the beard back. First, I grew like a goatee, then I grew the full beard back. And then I went into senior year of college, where I started drinking a lot of Guinness. Uh, the mirror of the story is: don't drink, like don't drink, don't drink too much. It's bad for you because you start growing a lot, a lot of beards. Um, but uh, <laughs> and, then, and then, yeah, and then there's there was still one. And before I left Facebook, so theatrically, a couple weeks ago, there was still one more picture of me with a beard up on Facebook. Um, from like a 24 hour improv marathon, um, but but yeah, like it was it was not so good. I remember Dave Ross in particular advised me against the beard. He had to like do an intervention and like tell me that it was a bad idea. You're
0: just dropping all kinds <laughs> of names from, from college tonight. A, be- a beard? Oh yeah, a beard, a beard
3: intervention. Um, that, that was another guy who's had a beard for the last 15 years, and he
2: was <laughs> advising you against yours. <laughs> you know, that's when you know you're doing something wrong. Unless he's like jealous and he's just trying to like. <laughs> You're just trying to control it all no, for himself. You, but I don't you know the
0: guys. Bad. You know the guys pro beard because he has one himself. Exactly. So the, the yes. um, I, wa- I want to talk about the the taxonomy of beards. So so what I have now and what what Stokes has had for for uh, uh, all eternity, as far as I'm concerned, is <laughs> is not technically, I guess, a goatee because the goatee is just the um, the chin part. So. So it's a uh, it's a Van Dyke beard. Like, there are three parts, like mustache, <laughs> soul patch, and goatee, right? So, so lip, uh, under lip, chin, and together those make a Van Dyke beard, right? Well, except the
4: Van Dyke beard doesn't need to be connected,
0: right? Huh.
4: Like, I think that um, the Van Dyke beard tends to be a mustache and then a separate little uh, uh, soul patch and goatee, whereas we've got kind of the... You know, a mustache that extends down. It's kind of like the. um, Oh, there's a name for this kind of mustache where you you can shave the middle of your chin, right? And just have the mustache go down over your lip and down to the jawline and and make for Mexico. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like the whole Kogan filled in is what you and I have. And I think that that's almost become like the modern definition of goatee. You don't see a whole
0: lot of goatees sans stash these days. Mm-mm. no it's well like, it's true though though i have seen I have seen a couple, maybe it's coming back, yeah, certain
3: diveer bars uh you see a lot of that
1: mm-hmm.
3: yeah,
4: hey, did you know i apparently I had always thought that the Van Dyke beard was named after Dick Van Dyke, but apparently it's after the seventeenth century Flemish painter Anthony Van Dyke,
0: oh really, <laughs> <laughs> you're reading Shut the same up. wikipedia page that I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Did Vladimir Lenin have a Van Dyke, or did he have a Vladimir Lenin, or something else? Did he have like a, a Dick Van Dyke, or like a Dick Clark, or something? Is that I the so? A Van Dyke has to have a soul patch. These are things I
0: don't know, people. No, no, no. I, I, I Lenin has a, a Van Dyke beard in, in a lot of pictures of him, or you know, or uh, it's... like even kind of more of a no. That's a Van Dyke beard. Yeah. There's hey guys, one... you know remember,
2: you know what's hilarious. Joseph Stalin had a handlebar mustache. How hilarious! Is that? <laughs> like I've never thought about how funny that is before, but that is freaking hilarious. <laughs> like Joseph Stalin is like waxing my mustache. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> like one of one of the most important world leaders of the twentieth century. One of. The- monsters in history, and he shared a facial hair with Yosemite Sam. That's nuts.
2: <laughs> he called himself <laughs> Joe Steele. He named himself <laughs> yeah. Joe Steele, and he killed tens of millions of people. And he's like, do wax him a mustache. Doo, 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 doo. Hey, yeah. Uh, speaking, He'd be of-
3: careful. It was it was mocking the mustache that caused the pilgrims. <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I mean, I guess in a lot of pictures they show him very lightly waxed, but I've seen somewhere it's right up curled and whatnot. <laughs> He can change history as much as he wants. Try to erase, erase his handlebar mustache. Uh,
0: speaking of killing millions and millions of people. Go on. A film called The A-Team came out this weekend. Go on. Based on the, uh, based on the beloved, though, if we are honest, not very good uh, 1980s television show. And, go on <laughs> 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 and many of us have seen this film and we, we ought no, to... no 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 the segue is that in the
1: a-team no one ever died right like they well, would like this machine gun the hell out of a, of a helicopter or a, or a tank or a jeep and all the guys just fall out of it yes yeah
0: in well on, on television which was just a lot like the yeah. yeah in this a-team people died in the the movie a-team
3: did they, so that I haven't seen it, and that was a big question for me: was were they going to do that? Because I yeah. just rewatched a few of the old a- a- 18 episodes, and like, even if a car goes into a river, they cut back to that car so that you know that the guys got out okay.
1: Yeah, no, a helicopter crashes into a mountain, and they cut back to the guys getting out of the helicopter and make let you know they're okay. It's really <laughs> absurd. Yeah. So it's the movie, like they, the kids. movie, they just kill people.
4: Well, they, they kill people, but they do have uh, B.A. Barakas, at one point in the movie, he undergoes a spiritual conversion, and he says, you know, Hannibal, I ain't killing no more people, which I thought was an interesting interesting choice. And they do some interesting things with it, but maybe we should come back to that in a minute.
1: Yeah. By the way, are I, we having blanket spoiler alerts for, for the A-Team?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All, exactly. all, all the way across. Oh. If you don't want to know how, how it happens, um, you know.
3: So I mean, B.A. was like, Hannibal, I ain't going to no hell.
2: <laughs> it's, it's, more eastern. it's more eastern he reads a lot of eastern philosophy he lets his mohawk grow back in while he's in prison uh he has, ah. he has a lot of stuff like that but i thought that the a-team did pay tribute to this sort of zany style of violence a lot like this sort of harmless style of violence a lot throughout the movie it's a very tame movie from a violence perspective like there's not i don't remember any blood um i mean people fall down when they get shot but i don't remember any blood anywhere in the movie it's like a very light pg yeah, um, yeah. yeah i mean i mean like given to the inflation of the pg-13 and r ratings like it's practically
1: right Except ironically the, the only blood kids. that's in the movie is actually fake and i
2: won't yeah. elaborate why
1: it's fake but uh it is yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: and honestly and, and also ironically enough the only real reason this movie's rated pg-13 is because they're smoking in it like <laughs> <laughs> Although yeah, I yeah, love yeah. So,
0: this wouldn't have been a PG thirteen movie. I mean, with the with the kind of intense action sequences and and I think yeah. I think that like a guy kisses a girl once, so it's uh, you know that's PG thirteen right there.
2: Yeah, if a guy had kissed a guy, it'd have been a hard R. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hard yeah. R.
0: Oh dear. <laughs> no one go. T- no one. Whatever you do, go to uh, a teamorg right well (laughs) now you've done it
3: (laughs) don't yeah but
0: (laughs) don't do that I thought this Oh wow While
2: the, the <laughs> be- well, you guys are doing Whatever animal related <laughs> Porno thing you're doing Right now um, The sequence at the Beginning of the movie Was sort of like An episode of the 18th Yeah In a lot of ways sure. right? Like there's Yeah there's definitely A scene where like Someone is on the Back bed of a truck Like spraying Machine gun fire At people who are Like 15 feet away Who are all also like Spraying machine gun fire Who everybody is at the, at the truck And granted like There are people Who fall down Like bad guys Who fall down And, and presumably don't it up um but it's still very much like i'm shooting all over the place it's crazy uh and and, i mean i thought that that was kind of the strength of the movie was that it it figured out that weird space that the a-team dwelled in between sincerity and parody where um the the action was fantastical in the respect that nobody was ever killed but it was almost like it occupied a space where people were Enough with the reality of what they were representing that they would choose to believe that the A team was the reality of what they thought it was. Right? Like they thought the A team did less from reality than it did because they choose to believe that reality was like more sanitized. Uh, and, and more harmless than it is, right? So, I mean, nowadays you watch a show like that and the, no, the lack of blood and you think about the stuff you see now and there's, like, guts and brains flying all over the place and, like, you watch the bones crunching sure. and everybody... Even, even the dramas for adults, like, like CSI is, like, the benchmark drama for adults for all these things and there's lots of guts in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think that in that day and age, like, it wasn't shocking to watch somebody get shot and have them not bleed, I remember watching Highlander the series. I've been watching a lot of Highlander the series on Hulu. And there are scenes where people get shot and they don't bleed at all. And I'm like, that looks so fake and awful. Um, But I didn't feel that way when I watched the show when it was first on because I didn't see a lot of blood on TV. You know,
0: it's very very rare that you see uh, like a television show or a movie where someone gets shot and the real thing happens. Like you get shot in the leg. You know, you don't you don't like. Drag yourself You don't walk on that leg You don't put weight on that leg Like A The bone is shattered Instantly B You uh You like pee your pants Probably Instantly And maybe your bowels let go Uh you know, see, you're in you're in excruciating pain, and you can't like form a coherent sentence. Much less, you know, I don't know what, uh, uh, dra- dra- you know, drag yourself the last six yards to the grenade and throw it back at the enemy so that they blow up and not you. Like it's, you know, it, yeah, the the reality of these things. I I I knew someone once in in earlier life who was a a Vietnam vet and was always always really offended uh, because of the the kind of the carnage that he saw when carnage was was soft pedaled in popular entertainment.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the turning point for me, think about Black Hawk Down. Like, the the most gruesome scene in Black Hawk Down is a tabletop surgery in Somalia, right? In Mogadishu, or in, in an area near Mogadishu in Somalia, where a, a soldier's been shot in the leg, and they're showing you all the horrible things close up that happen to your body when you get shot in the leg. Like, that's a different kind of, of cinematic vocabulary than existed in, like, Terminator 2, where the little boy can be confident that the Terminator isn't hurting anybody because he's only shooting them in the legs. You know what sure, I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel There's, like the,
4: the this new A team movie is back in that Terminator two vocabulary, where Hannibal can shoot Mister T in the arm as like a love tap, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. That was a hala- that scene is the kind of thing that they don't really do much of anymore because there'd be like a gallon of blood all over his face because there'd have to be because they they amplify it now rather than mm-hmm. they don't play it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I
4: mean, like to to a certain degree, that still persists, and we're supposed to understand this is how badass Mister T is, but yeah. still, it, it's you know. They're they're going for that kind of cartoonish thing,
1: think not Mr. T, B.A. Baracus. <laughs> you know, it's Mr. It is, T. It is so easy to complete the two of them. I mean, it's, yeah.
2: uh, the best thing about the A. T. movie has got to be how clearly defined the A-Team characters are. Right. And, and that is so great. And this A-Team movie does better at it, I think, than the original A-Team did in certain ways because Hannibal is a much more... I, I, like, I mean, I like the old A-Team Hannibal, but this Hannibal is a very clearly defined character in a way that sometimes the old Hannibal's a little bit shaky. And Face is so much better. I mean, I don't know. I don't mean to be mean to Dirk Benedict or anything, but I always felt like he seemed kind of useless. I mean, I guess he did <laughs> stuff and he was useful, but like, like as a kid, I was not interested in anything that Face did. Did um, yeah. well. That's because
3: his whole thing is about sex appeal, and when you're a kid, like that's not an intriguing thing to you. Yeah, and want to be that... big and strong like Mr. T, or <laughs> yeah. smoke cigars yeah. like Hannibal, right? You know, like, I was uh, seducing I was women sorry. when you're eight is not that <laughs>
4: exciting. You're like, maybe if I seduce them, they'll give me cookies. Yeah, I love cookies.
0: <laughs> but this—I mean, this was not as uh, in the context, kind of as in the context of its time. The A Team was br- probably. Uh, you know, notable for for not having any violence. I mean, at least compared with the the films at the time. Maybe not. Maybe not television. In this um, uh, in this thing uh, in in our context, the AT movie was notable. I think for for kind of soft peddling soft pedaling the gore aspects of the violence. Anyway, it was a PG. It was a PG thirteen. Um, though I didn't see any kids. There, uh, which is, I, which is, we now know, uh, because they were all seeing the Karate Kid, which made twice as much money this weekend as the, as the A-Team did, um, but, uh, you know, I've seen, like, kids, like, full-on kids, like, uh, toddlers at Iron Man 2, and, uh, young teenagers at Get Him to the Greek, which is an R with, you know, boobs and gratuitous drug use and, you know, weird sex and all, all kinds of things, which I saw, um, uh, you know, uh, kids, kids, and I. Uh, where are the parents? Where are the parents? I ask you. Uh, where are they? They're they're off. Sex in the City two. They're, taking
1: their, <laughs> they're uh-huh. taking their kids to see the movie. That's where they are. They're sitting next to right next Yeah, to them. no,
0: it's well, at that Iron case. Man two. Yeah, the parents were were there with the kids, and there were like there was a there was like a, a three year old or a four year old crying next to me because it was loud and things were blowing up and it was scary and like you know. Uh, the parent was uh, the the dad was like uh, uh, holding the kid, but wasn't taking him out. Now I, I you know I'm the last person who's going to be uh, uptight about things like this. But uh, but this I don't know I don't know. Well oh, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, th- this strikes me as 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 we've gone too far, and I think there is something kind of quaint in how. Um, in how uh, how little gore there was, but you know what? I'll tell you what there is in A Team and in all of these movies that we've kind of seen uh, less of before. That's that's really kind of come into full bloom recently, or maybe it's been it's been hinted at before, but never kind of uh, uh, never kind of come out in full bloom is sadism. It's uh, you know I'm going to torture and kill you. I'm going to take pleasure in it. And even though we don't show the gore because, you know, you get rescued before I actually uh, manage to, we're going to see this whole, you know, quasi-sexual kind of arousal that I get at the prospect of torturing and killing you and describing the things that I'm going to do to you. And I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of early, early scenes in the movie in the the Mexico episode, um, uh, which really was, and it was actually almost as long as an episode of hour-long television mm-hmm. as well.
4: I uh, think, you know, actually jumping in very briefly, I think one of the great things about the movie plot is how it really broke up into about four or five episodes, you know, each with its own plan, each with its own set of stunts. Yeah. But yeah, As we were saying, sadism, go on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Is this I mean, I maybe it's well, just that I am this, seeing it's
2: going to burn him alive, I guess, because that was what it was. Well, I mean, I guess going to burn him
0: alive or they're they're enjoying, you know, that you enjoy punching the guy in the face. You know, yeah. there's more I guess there's more torture depicted. I mean, I guess it's entered our our national conversation. It's entered our cultural conversation. Um Right. And it's actually just to the the punching the
3: guy in the face and enjoying it is a direct quote from the the pilot of the 18 of the 18.
0: Oh, Interesting. You, you is it, is it, the movie, but you
3: saw that you went and rewatched I just before the podcast watched the two part pilot episode. Oh, how is it? It actually holds up pretty well. I mean, there's some, like, really overt racism where Hannibal dresses yeah. up as
2: Mr. Chu. Um, <laughs> Mark, you want to talk about that? Are you offended? I'm uh, not offended and I don't want
1: to talk about it.
0: All right, fair <laughs> only, one of those
1: things, only one of those things is true.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Does, that, does, Mr., does Mr. Chu have a beard? Uh, Mr. Chu does have a
3: beard.
2: <laughs> is so, it a Van Dyke?
3: <laughs> uh, I believe it's what would have been referred to in the olden days as a Fu Manchu what's the difference between a Fu Manchu
2: and a Van Dyke I was wondering this, are they length. the same or are they different length? length. yeah, length alright, fair enough um,
3: but yeah, the, uh, the, the colonel uh, seems to have caught them at the very end of the pilot episode the guy who's chasing them from the government and uh, Hannibal knocks him out and then talks about how much he enjoyed punching him and then they lock him in the trunk of a car and laugh a lot. Wait, and well, that doesn't I
0: Well, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know about that. That's that's kind of a that's kind of a different thing. Like this guy had it coming is different from all right, I've I've captured you and now in addition to capturing you, you know, uh uh you, you know, secondary to killing you, I'm going to uh I'm going to make sure you you suffer excruciating pain uh before you die and I'm going to I'm going to enjoy that. Like that's that's, that's not have you watched Conan the Barbarian?
4: <laughs> I can think of a few movies. I mean, the Bond movies were always pretty heavy with that. And it got, uh, it got cranked up to 11 in Casino Royale recently. But, like, right. there was always... Don't even the...
3: talk about that scene.
4: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, the, you know, there is a certain eroticism to, uh, to the goldfinger laser up the crotch, right? Like, if know, you want to read that into
0: you, the scene. I don't know where you would get that reading from. Yeah. Stop overthinking it, George. Why don't you just enjoy the Bond movies? Instead of overthinking them so
4: much. I mean, see, I think you know there was a podcast a couple of weeks ago that I wasn't on, where you guys were talking about what does it mean to overthink? You know, wh- why do we do these things that we do? It's because it is fun. Like, I get a lot more enjoyment out of the Bond movie when I'm thinking of that as as homoerotic than when I'm thinking of it as just a laser. I don't know about y'all, but.
0: We Ryan Cheeley and I, uh, who do the These Effing Teenagers podcast on this very network, <laughs> the OTI Network, um, we we guest uh, appeared on. We did a guest spots on an episode of the Gleeful podcast because Glee is a show that we uh, talk about a lot. And Jordan now actually is on is on the These Effing Teenagers uh, show. He's, he's become a regular, a serious regular, at least a recurring character. On the- I'm an adjunct. <laughs> adjunct professor on the show <laughs> and um so we uh we guested on the on the Gleeful podcast and they said god isn't it isn't it a lot of work to do all this overthinking of gossip girl and and glee and we, the question just didn't compute for us because this is yeah. this is how we do uh entertainment you know this yeah. this this how we do can i Look, can you asked- lo-
2: yeah, oh go ahead go ahead no 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 no, no go on I was just going to say, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life, as I read in the bathroom of a number of Italian restaurants. <laughs>
4: so. <laughs> so I want to I backtrack to the character of Face. Uh, we watched, uh, Mark and I watched this movie with uh, Mr. Belinky, another writer for the site. And he had a question, which is, and Josh, maybe you can speak to this since you seem to know the most about the old show. The original A-Team, right? They were a special forces unit working in the jungles of Vietnam, right? That's how they like they formed up to begin with. Yeah, yeah. It's what not the... clear that they fought in the jungle. What They're the like a holy special hell. What the holy hell did Face do in the jungles of Vietnam? <laughs> <laughs> try to try to
2: charm a cobra. Try war to charm crimes! A, like, war all... <laughs> crimes! That's what they all did. Sleep that's, with Vietnamese women. It changed history. It was all war... nothing but war crimes happened in Vietnam, and it was all jungle. And there's no, no complexity in the situation at all and no political necessity driving it whatsoever. So, yes. The,
3: the crime they're accused of committing is robbing a bank, the, the Bank of Saigon or something, for $100 million. Of Hanoi. Um,
2: robbed oh, the bank it Hanoi?
3: Yeah, yeah. So, like, presumably, they well, one of the things Face does a lot is, like, he charms other—he he cons people out of the equipment they need. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they weren't operating in the jungle. I have a feeling they were like, sent it, granted, like, it's not going to be able to fit in that well in Hanoi, though apparently uh, Hannibal could. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and B.A., I don't know what they were doing with B.A. there, but, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm willing to suspend my disbelief. Vase could also shoot pretty well, right? He, he handles a gun all right. How, does Bradley Cooper not have any skills at all other than being sexy in the in the film? No, I mean, like, in, in the film... Well, it's interesting what they do with Face in the
4: film. Because I'm pretty sure this was not in the show. Face is kind of Hannibal Jr. in the film. Like, the last plan that they run right at the end of the movie is Face's plan, not Hannibal's. Oh. Which is, uh, is like... It kind of works. It's a, a very standard cinematic story where you've got like the sort of the grizzled elder warrior and his like, you know, the the young Baku plays by his own rules, and they have to work out some kind of mutual respect.
3: So, Wait, that, so Bradley that's kinda, Cooper is
4: Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah, or right, or, yeah, yeah, pretty much.
0: Are you talking prequels or are you talking? Yeah, and the prequel because okay. doesn't
3: isn't Hannibal the guy whatever
0: the guy's name? Oh who was yeah, training and it's funny it's, uh, he's he. It's Qui-Gun Lee who played Qui Gon yeah. Uh, yeah, You you were like three steps ahead of us there. Uh, just, like, a good, just like a good plan. <laughs> Can we just See, comment for a moment
1: on the utterly bizarre film career of Liam Neeson? <laughs> I mean, the that last time I saw, awesome. was, saying, I yeah. saw yeah. Liam Neeson in the theater, you know what he said to me?
0: He said, release the Kraken. That was <laughs> Liam
1: Neeson, guys. What
0: the hell? Hannibal Le- to release the Kraken to Taken. Which, you know, was a was a, you know, 84 minute little TV episode of a movie that was awesome and made untold tens of millions of dollars at the box office to uh, Star Trek to all the Irish stuff that he did. I mean, that guy's a serious actor, you know? Wasn't he Darkman, too?
2: Yes. Don't speak ill of Darkman. I played not Darkman. I was not speaking ill. He played Darkman. He was Schindler. <laughs> and right? he was a <laughs> and and he was the the priest in Gangs of New York. Um and I believe he's he's also a voice in Fallout 3. Although I don't think that's especially important. But this is a sure. guy who's done everything. Yeah, I mean, did he won any what's the has he won an Oscar? No, I don't think he's won an uh, no, he doesn't won an Oscar. He's been nominated for an Oscar. He's never won an Oscar. He was he's nominated dropped. for Schindler's mm-hmm. List for best actor. But since then he's like I'm going to make money. Uh, yeah. And that's fine with me. Although he's made a lot of good stuff, you know. It's Love Actually. His performance in Love Actually is quite good in, in yeah, a genre was... that you know. You don't see a lot of people who do Batman Begins and Love Actually like a couple years apart from each other.
3: Huh. So, I didn't like him that much in Batman Begins. I thought that. I mean, it was kind of a weak role. I, don't know that I thought his... you
2: were going to say I didn't like him that much in Love, Actually, and I was going to be like, really? You're that discerning, Josh? Like, really? <laughs> like, yeah, I understand why his performance had some drawbacks, but they were fairly subtle ones. It's true. Uh, it, it, <laughs> but yeah, Batman Begins, you don't like him as Razal al Ghul. He's kind of miscast as Razal al Ghul, but then again, the movie has to simplify the character a little bit, uh, a bit. and take him in a different direction.
4: It would have because been Ra's very Al-Ghul hard.
2: So as a character. It would, what? Yeah,
4: it would have been very hard for any actor to like to really do justice by that characterization of Raz Ghul. I mean it's a great movie in most ways, but they they don't give that uh, that character much to work with.
3: I actually really would have liked to see Ken Watanabe play Raz al It probably would have been better. <laughs> yeah.
2: Keep in mind this guy has also played Aslan. Right, like like he's been to heck and back like he's been on the stone table and he's had the ants chewing the bonds around his feet so that he can rise again I mean like this is a guy who is he is you know he he was in Krull like he's OG
3: how was he not in Lord of the Rings
2: (laughs) that was a good question because he made like 12 movies while they were making Lord of the Rings I I think is the answer yeah, because when did they make Lord of the Rings? They made Lord of the Rings in, like, the very early aughts, right? Well, he was making The Phantom Menace. He made The Phantom Menace. Uh, you Boy, right? did he
4: ever, he didn't get the wrong horse there, right?
2: Well, that, was right after he, that was right after he starred in the movie adaptation of Les Miserables, unless you forget that one. It's uh, <laughs> like he's been everywhere. Everywhere. Um, but, yeah, and then that's actually there's actually a couple of down years where he doesn't seem to do much. And then in 2003 through 2005, he has, like, seven movies. Um, so he must have been pretty busy. I mean, I don't know whether it was all like uh, gangs of New York and, Link- and Kinsey and all that other stuff. Kingdom of Heaven, he did that. But yeah, he should have been. I mean, he could have played. In, so he's in, in Harry Potter. He isn't in Lord of the Rings. Like he was left out of those big parties, and that's kind of unfortunate. But he was. So is, in he gonna,
3: is he going to go the route of like Jack Nicholson, and he's going to be doing like sort of sentimental com- romantic comedies for old people? Like <laughs> is that is that where he's destined to go? I like-
2: um, and he- go ahead
4: jack nicholson needed to have 10 years where he was like literally just sitting in the front row of the oscars and like grinning like a lizard at people so you know neeson may end up there but he's got some work to do first Mm -hmm.
2: i mean i don't know liam neeson is also european right he's he's from northern ireland um so i mean i guess he might turn into a different kind of old man than we're used to like there northern ireland hasn't produced a lot of men in the past 50 years there have been problems keeping men from reaching old age in northern ireland so like this could be an entirely new kind of animal for all we know old men from northern ireland love to windsurf like we don't know we've never met one
0: well so. i for one i'm looking forward to finding out yeah exactly <laughs> um uh hannibal so he's kind of losing his edge in the movie huh
4: I don't know, he's pretty on top of things He does, like he, he fails to anticipate One single move And you get the feeling that this almost destroys him Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like I mean, the I first can, thing can, he can, does In the yeah.
2: movie is ridiculously awesome Like, the very first thing he does in the movie is Laugh out loud, funny, and like, really, really cool
0: yeah.
2: So, I mean, he's introduced As a very competent character uh, And he pretty much stays pretty competent throughout the movie I mean, he screws up, you know, that one time Shooting, but, like, shooting yeah. BA in the arm no no before that uh, do, should I tell you or do you want to be impressed by the scene no I've seen it oh you've seen it it's the one where they set the dogs loose on him oh, he's right. like handcuffed and they they sick a, a pack of Doberman pinchers against him right, or whatever, yeah. to Dobermans Against hmm. him, and he's handcuffed and he breaks out of the handcuffs retreats into the darkness and like somehow like subdues and handcuffs the Dobermans to each other before yeah. sending them like <laughs> meekly upon their way um, and we don't see oh, it's it not,
0: it's fun. not hard to escape from handcuffs you just have to break your own thumb
2: well yeah but then how do you subdue the two dogs while in the excruciating pain of a broken thumb I don't know it was a really cool scene I don't know I mean I don't think that you can pick it apart that much the the escaping from the handcuffs isn't the hard part you're right it's it's mind control of the dogs that's the hard part mind mind control (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, dogs have dogs have less complicated brains than humans, so dog mind control is you know orders of magnitude easier than human mind control. I'm just. The
2: man is a Jedi, so don't forget it. You <laughs> dominate weak minds. <laughs> so. Is is he an actor in the movie? <laughs> I like, no, he's he's a real Jedi. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> you know, we <laughs> is is the
3: character of Hannibal an actor? No, no, no. he's, he's okay. just an army ranger. Yeah, is he okay. supposed to be an actor? Well, in in the TV show, like, what he does when they're not on missions is, like, bit parts in movies. The very first episode, he's in a giant rubber, like, uh, swamp monster costume. Oh, interesting. Uh, So they have day
4: jobs, the in the in the TV show.
3: I mean, it's... Well, like, Mr. T has a bunch of kids that he, like, teaches mechanics to. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh...
0: A a van load of teenage gymnasts with whom he solves grimes and...
3: Basically, and actually, like like they make a point that wherever Mister T goes, like large groups of children follow him around. Huh. And I wonder if that's true of uh, of this guy from the UFC. That no, no, there.
4: but but he has an awesome van, which I think is my favorite little callback to the original. Is Sweet. that like you, you're first introduced to him, and he's like, "Oh, there's my baby," and it's a, it's this rad looking van. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> is it is it black and red? Awesome. So much like a lot of the contemporary comic book movies, the A-Team doesn't really depict the A-Team doing the thing that the A-Team is known for doing, most notably being in the Los Angeles underground, right? So the entire movie kind of leads up to the point at which the A-Team, like, might the a-team i mean they they are still the a-team in the sense that they're competent and they're it's not like an origin story like they learn their powers but it's like the movie takes place largely in iraq and mexico and like some of it takes place in los angeles but they aren't like running from the law in los angeles like that's not what's happening it's much more of a sort of heist caper movie where like they have they're like traveling around the world like tracking down this organization and trying to outwit it at every at every turn it's not like you know they need to like hide at the deli because like there's a police car driving by you know what i mean I don't think they ever hmm. do that in the original A-Team either. But they would do it in this one if it were a subway because they could get a product placement out of it.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, but like, it wouldn't make sense for B.A. Barakas to have a day job in this A-Team movie because he has no free time. Like he's, yeah. he's all over the place. Uh, and he's never settled in one spot except when he's in Iraq as a soldier.
0: Hmm. Is it, can, I, can I point out what may be a historical in, inconsistency, which is that like do we still have A-Teams in the modern army? I don't know. Maybe a listener. I know we have listeners who are in the army. Uh, one at least who's, who was deployed for a, a time, um, but uh, uh, and may still be uh, in Iraq. But um, the uh, right. I thought the, the A team was, was for that, and they would be like Delta Force now or something. They would be. Well, like, they're the unit, right? Yeah, operational deta- <laughs> it was Special Forces operational detachment Delta, right, which is what the TV show The Unit is is about.
4: How fantastic would it be to like Get the cast of the unit back together And have them do episodes of the (laughs) (laughs) A-Team
0: I think it would just be awesome to have the cast of the unit Back together, I thought that was a really good television show And was was, sad when it was cancelled
2: Unfortunately if you search for Alpha Team Rangers You just get a bunch of stuff about the Power Rangers (laughs) Alpha So I've learned nothing Uh, Google has taught me nothing
0: Wikipedia, Uh, Wikipedia Army Special Forces that's, that's what you search for. But whatever Ooh. you do, do not go to http colon slash slash www.a-team.org.
2: Well, here's a list of minor Power Ranger characters. <laughs> <laughs> Ninjor! <laughs> hey, who remembers Ninjor?
4: What are we to make of the fact that the A-team got clobbered at the box office by the Karate Kid? Why did why did we Justin
1: what? Bieber. Justin <laughs> seriously, you guys, like it's a Justin Bieber song in the Karate kid movie, and all of uh Justin Bieber's crazy fans on Twitter were tweeting about it and they went and saw the movie.
0: Well here's here's the thing.
1: Justin freaking Bieber. It, they it. paid ten dollars to hear a song once. they hmm. this is just this is thirteen year old girls and Justin Bieber we're talking about here. Throw all of uh your preconceived notions of logic, value, economics, and uh the value of money out the window. Yeah,
0: I think that, that- that um the karate kid is a four quadrant movie right it's gonna get it's gonna get young and old male and female and a team is really more of a more of a thing for dudes right yeah that's a good point i mean like there's like a definitely and for older dudes like what 13 year old you know gives a rat's ass about the a team well it's still like a cool action movie right
2: yeah well there's there's two things that i would say about this is that one is the a- the title of the a team um the, there's really no log line there Right. I mean, like the movie, it's very difficult to tell you exactly what the A-Team is about um, unless you know what the television show is. It's kind of complicated. There's no real the
3: A-Team because once upon a time you thought Mr. T was cool.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. the the opening monologue for the A-Team is pretty awesome, but it's a little bit too complicated for today's movie going audience, which generally likes their movies to have really high like specific concepts. Right. It's just for it's a marketing tool. It's hard to market the A-Team. Uh, except along the nostalgia factor. And then this is the second one. Uh, and this this reminds me of um, an interview with Cameron uh, that I saw with Anderson Cooper that I might have talked about before, which is a great interview. This is the famous one where uh, Cameron is talking about snitching. And Anderson mm-hmm. Cooper asks him uh, if there was a serial killer living next door to him, would he tell the police? And he says that he would move. It's a great interview, um, but he wouldn't call the police. But he says that you know, he, he puts an album out, and he's got 500,000 people who will buy his album, whether it's good or bad. And, but he has like a million and a half people who will buy his album if he's good. But the people who care about whether he snitches or not are the, people, are the 500,000 people, right? So he, he needs to keep the 500,000 people happy because they'll buy his bad albums, Right, So you, when you think about this is that when you're making a movie that has a quote-unquote built-in audience, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a built-in success. It means you're going to get the built-in audience, which is a subset of the larger audience that you want. And I think that movies with built-in audiences have been doing so well because they've so suc- – crossed over and i don't mean as a rule i just mean so many of them have been doing so well recently uh because so many of them have been crossing over to larger demographics it's easy to forget that they go to the trouble of crossing into the other areas from a marketing standpoint and a storytelling standpoint and they don't lean strictly on the nostalgia to sell tickets like like iron man is a great example of this because iron man and i've said this before prior to these movies iron man a, a, a second tier marvel hero at best Right. Like not a guy. I mean, I remember when they were first coming out with the Spider-Man movies and the Hulk movies, and it was a joke that they were going to do an Iron Man movie. Tom Cruise was going to be in it. We're like, yeah, right. Like, when are they going to do that movie? Now it's all successful because they made it into a good movie that had other hooks and other reasons to see it. Uh, same thing. I mean I feel like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie really started all of this, uh, which is a movie that has a really specific voice and it appeals to people in a lot of different ways. And it's just got this nice tight marketing package and it's good pictures and cool stuff. All the pictures of the A-Team were were pictures of people's faces. Like that's all the movie, the movie marketing was. There's no angle to it. It's like it's, it's four guys. I want to see a movie with four guys. Like I can see – Freaking uh, like I don't know. I saw that movie Babies, which had the four babies. Like that had four <laughs> people. You
4: know, once, like, they, once they finally got a trailer out, I think they they picked up some steam there. Because I was not going to see the A team until I saw the trailer.
2: Honestly, yeah. um, I mean, it still but, made twenty five million dollars. Well, so. And I got I
0: gotta say, well, yeah, and they're not. I mean, look, uh, Balinski loves to like spout off. Uh, you know, U.S. box office numbers. Like they made their money back when they sold the foreign rights. I, if it were five years ago, I would say DVD sales, so that's not as big a piece of the pie anymore. But, like, they, you know, they sold the foreign rights to this thing already. Um, so, you know, they, they, don't cry for them. But uh, it, it, was a, it was a good action movie, right? Right, right. But, I mean,
4: we're not, it's not a question of crying for them or saying that the movie is a failure. It's just trying to parse why The Karate Kid, which none of us saw... Because, I mean, for, for various reasons Which I think we could also get into, it might be interesting um, Is doing so much better And I think that, like, what you say about that being A four-quadrant movie Is maybe true Like, certainly it appeals to the young and old in a way That the A-team, I guess, does not I'm not really sure Like, what does the Karate Kid Have in it that's going to be bringing in
3: women Exactly I uh, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith
2: no, Jaden, yeah. Piggins, Jaden Smith is in it. Yeah, it they their uh, children in the audience. I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that the Karate Kid, I mean, you hear the name of the movie and you you have a clear idea of what it's going to be about. I, and that, you'd I think be that's wrong. It me.
4: turns out to be Kung Fu, of course. Well, that's true.
2: That doesn't matter. They already have your money. They already have your money. <laughs> yeah. <that's true>. <laughs> <laughs> We we talked about that last podcast, though. We don't want to get into that again, where it's like misleading movie titles. Um, That was our our last one. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, people love The Karate Kid also. And it's tough that those two movies were up against each other, because people who love nostalgia probably remember The Karate Kid more fondly than The A-Team. And you really have to be on the the way end of that bell curve to care enough about the specifics of The Karate Kid that you're not going to see it, because people can't tell the difference between Japanese people and Chinese people.
1: Right, you know I mean? Well, can we to talk about like the, the the different approaches to nostalgia for these two movies, right? So there's basically it seems like from our at least from our perspective it's it was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they're remaking the Karate kid. Why are the phrase why are they raping my childhood uh comes back uh, has been used frequently to refer to the Karate Kid movie amongst this type of audience. And we can talk about a variety of reasons why that's a very terrible phrase to use, but we'll go on. Um, <laughs> when, people, when, when people talk about the 18 movie, at least our, our crowds, and they're like, awesome, they're making an 18 movie. This is sweet. Why that difference?
3: Because The Karate Kid was a really, really good movie. Is it just that, though? I mean, I think it is because, like, I mean, the, the, the Karate Kid, like, it's hard to imagine doing that better than it was done the first time. Whereas the A team, like it's you take one like remember back to the A team for fifteen seconds, and you're like, yeah, with a really huge budget, modern special effects, that could be really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whereas right, I mean, like right. you know, the Karate Kid didn't need, you know, certainly didn't need to be in three D.
1: That's that's a good point, but also like, uh, you know, if you think about the iconic characters of Mr. Miyagi and uh, Ralph Mach, not Ralph Machi, whatever the kid's name was, Daniel, Daniel Daniel Russo, San. Daniel Russo, <laughs> Daniel Russo. <The> <laughs> Right, right. So the, you have the, the iconic character that people were really attached to and uh, would, their sense of what they consider to be sacred and inviolable from their childhood is, is violated then by being taken on by someone else. I'm actually most surprised by how positively people took to this idea of someone else playing B. Baracus, who is not going to be Mr. T.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll also make a claim that the thing that people are most nostalgic about for the A-Team is not, in fact, Mr. T, but the music. The music of the A-Team <laughs> is the part of the a Are
1: you TV sure TV. that's not just us because we played that in, in the musical ensemble in which we were all part of in college?
2: I mean, I don't know. I've, I've been in a couple of improv shows where people have played the A-Team music while we've come out. I mean, people are pretty fond of the A-Team music and the opening monologue. I mean, I think that it strikes a tone with people. And one of the fun things about that music is you can play with it and put it in the movie, which they did, unlike Terminator 3, right, which I hate Terminator yeah. 3 dropping music but the 18 movie plays with the 18 music in a couple of fun ways it isn't like the recurring theme like they have a different theme that's much worse but jordan what do you think yeah. about the 18 music
4: i, I, I miss- thought i was very uh i liked the fact that they brought it in as much as they did i could have st- i could have stood to have it be in there a whole lot more you mm-hmm. know um but yeah the 18 the 18 the theme is really really great we should absolutely uh post that in the show notes so people can go listen to it if they don't know how
1: it goes I also um, ma- also made it into a ringtone for the iPhone so if anybody wants it like uh just let me know and I can send it to you. Oh sorry.
0: That's, that's, <laughs> you're going to be deluged with emails. Yeah. That's Lee <laughs> I, I think uh Lee at and, and, and,
4: you understand that declaring your intent to distribute that intellectual property is is not allowed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, Ma'am. It's a parody. It's a parody of the A team. I'm, I'm constantly it, being reminded. Purposes. I'm
1: constantly being reminded of my position in this hierarchy. First with the beard growing, and then with the milk, and now with the, you know not breaking the law. Now with your <laughs> white this man's is not a fun law.
2: Whoa, whoa, there, Sparky. Whoa. Yeah, but, but
4: bringing, bringing the bringing it back to um. Oh no, this is so racist. Should I say it anyway?
1: Do it. Yes.
4: Bringing it back, so speaking of Chinese knockoffs, the karate Kid movie again <laughs> 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 um, I think that that Josh hit something on the head when he uh, when he said that the reason that at least for us we were excited about the a team is that it was uh. Like, the, the A-Team was not that great, and you could see it being improved, whereas The Karate Kid we all think of as a great movie, and redoing it is is not a good idea, you know? But apparently most of the world doesn't think that way, because most people wanted to see the, the good movie remade instead.
2: Like, I remember back when we were kids, when we they first started making beloved properties into movies, there was always the understanding that the movie was going to be, like, the fulfillment and enlargement and improvement the beloved property right like DuckTales the movie is it's right. not supposed to be worse than right. DuckTales. it's like an event like if you like my little pony you're going to love my little pony the movie it's why they <laughs> yeah. put the movie at the end of it
4: <laughs> <laughs> like or why would they thought as your one of my favorite things that anyone has ever written for overthinking it is uh, Spenzel's is little disquisition on My Little Pony the movie. So you all all of you listening to this can go read that and understand why when he said, you're going to love My Little Pony the movie, that was hilarious.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know, like King. I don't know what else he wants. Um, but, but no, what I'm saying is that like now that that we've definitely gotten to a different place with the usage of existing properties from like relatively recent memory to create new movies where this sort of franchise extension isn't as roundly seen as as a strict improvement i mean it still is supposedly right but like you know when again i bring up iron man again like you bring up the iron man movie i don't think anybody is thinking that oh this is i this is going to be so much better and this is going to be such a wonderful articulation of the Iron Man character that I've been looking for for such a long time, uh, because I think we've kind right. of gotten spoiled a little bit by the good superhero movies when people lambast. I'm always amused when reviewers like lambast the superhero genre of movies as being like totally artistically bankrupt. Because if you compare it to like the run of action movies that came like
0: before the superhero mo- right, genre, yeah. what, like what to- would you what would you rather see? I, you know, a, a Dark Knight or. Uh, like Men in Black 2, for Christ's sake? Die like, Hard 4. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
4: Or compare it, compare it to like the first series of superhero movies they were making back in the day, right? Like, oh, so off. I mean, the the special effects have gotten better, and that's part of it, but it is not all of it. Like, Lord.
3: I mean.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the Captain America movie? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, or do or that. David Do Hasselhoff.
3: not speak poorly of Christopher Reeve. Um, is he, is he,
4: yeah, Superman. Er- Superman was pretty good. Like those were, those were all right. But oh, well, and the Adam West Batman movie has its discreet charm. But I'm thinking, like, there, there's an old yeah, movie version. Count, of- that's a special right? case.
0: Like, you you, you can't yeah. even count the Adam West TV show and Batman movie as a as a thing because they were doing something entirely different.
4: <laughs> you can't count it as a thing. <laughs> it transcends like
0: <laughs> reification. <laughs> It is not. I feel like a German philosopher. It's pure will. It's not a thing. It is the will to express itself and to reduce the the leaders of the United Nations to little piles of multicolored dust.
3: (laughs) To take us back to mustaches, the best thing about that movie is is the joker i forget his, the name of the actor but he refused to shave his mustache so cesar, throughout the
0: movie cesar romero the name of the actor yes
3: yeah uh, so he's just covered his mustache up in white joker makeup which he does for the whole
2: series he does it for the yeah. whole yeah. tv series it's, yeah uh, it's
0: truly amazing yeah, well yeah. and you don't see it on tv because the standard deaf television picture is really a crappy picture but if you look at stills uh from the show it's uh yeah you really you really see that uh that mustache
4: I want to see like I want to have a dream where I conflate the the Adam West Batman with the Christopher Nolan Batman, and Cesar Romero is like, "Let me tell you how I got my mustache."
0: (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) Well, do you want to tell us how you got your mustache? You 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 can do it in a number of ways. You can call us. We haven't gotten a lot of voicemails in a while. Uh, we, we have a couple. Call us. Call us. We're due for a listener feedback episode, but I like the voicemails. I don't know. I like having the voices of the listeners on the show. It's uh, 203-285-6401. Email for listener feedback is podcast at overthinkingit.com. Uh, did you know that we're on the Twitters? Um, well, you know, we have some followers on the Twitters but but nothing really compared with our, our regular readership and our uh regular podcast listenership. So it's uh, it's Twitter.com slash overthinking it. You should follow us there so that we can, you know, I don't know, put hundred and forty character little amusements, little bon in front of you, uh and you can enjoy them. Actually I'm not making such a compelling case for it now. <laughs>
1: When we
3: get a really can can you sell the twitters in 140 characters?
0: OTI tweets a plus 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 HTTP colon slash slash bit period l y slash five capital J five lowercase G M. I
2: think somebody broke rather, guys. I don't know what's yeah, going in case on. you were wondering, that
4: tiny URL goes to www.a-team.org. <laughs> don't, go
1: don't
0: go to that website. Oh, God. Which, which website should you go to, Matt? What? Uh, what you should go to? Why? It's www.overthinkingit.com, the website where we subject whether or not we live stream the popular culture to a <laughs> level of scrutiny. It It probably doesn't doesn't deserve. We
1: also subject mustaches to levels of scrutiny they probably don't deserve.
0: No, 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 I think there's it's like they no level true. of scrutiny mustaches don't deserve. <laughs> it's, like um. Jordan, it's like Jordan said, I enjoy overthinking mustaches. It's part of how I <laughs> deal with mustaches. I mean, just, you know, subjecting them to this level of scrutiny.
4: A mustache is, in essence, a discourse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a mustache ride is, in essence, a discourse. <laughs>
3: Actually Jordan's exact quote was uh it was uh, I enjoy overthinking uh, mustaches because looking at them as a gay parable is much more enjoyable than just looking at them. <laughs> oh, uh, this episode's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs>